0: Welcome to the final episode in this Livewire series on school's ministry. Uh, We looked at doors, how to get into schools, uh, delivery, how to put an overview of a ministry presentation together in a school. Uh, We looked last time at the dynamics, the different things you can put into that outline uh, to make it uh, really creative and effective. But today we're going to look at something I consider to be possibly the most important skill And that's discussion. How we provoke questions and then lead young people to a conclusion through questions. So, the benefit of the skill of bringing discussion is that we can be asked questions. And globally, we found that this principle is true that if young people ask us questions, we're much more free to be able to share our faith and belief. Now, I want to emphasize one more time that we always do that within the boundary of a school, no matter where it is in the world, no matter what type of school it is, but again generally most schools are open for us to share our personal thoughts on a subject if young people ask us the question. So the skill is how do we create a discussion How do we provoke the kind of questions that can lead to us sharing the kind of answers that we feel are particularly important? Now there are three problems uh, with this and I want to go through them just quickly in this first section. Problem number one. The difficulty we have is that sometimes we're not very good at asking questions that lead to questions because we don't experience that in church ourselves. We go to church and most of the time there's a presenter, there's a teacher, and that person teaches, and we learn the art of listening, but we don't learn the art of questioning. We're not in that environment and we don't see preachers provoking questions that they then answer very often. So that's one of the problems we have. The second problem is this, giving answers does not necessarily mean we're passing on understanding, we may be just giving them facts or figures or statements. Aristotle said that the mind doesn't really think without a question. So we have to bring questions and we have to enable young people to ask us questions if we're really going to pass on understanding. And again, if we've not been taught how to do that, it's a difficult situation that we face. The third problem, however, could be our biggest obstacle, so to give an example of this I'm going to show you a clip from a um, series of programs I particularly enjoy called the King of Queens. In this situation Doug, who is the hero if you like, is facing a problem, his parents want him to sign a living will.
1: Where is everyone?
0: Look at this thing. Look
1: what my parents gave him to sign, look at that. A living will? Yeah, look at this. I get to be the conservator of their person, which basically means if they stub their toe, I fly in and waste them. All right, calm down. You know what? We do these at the law firm all the time. It's actually a good idea. It's a terrible idea. Look at this. Look, they check do not resuscitate on everything. It's like they can't die fast enough. Doug, it's not that they want to die. It's just they're trying to plan for the future, you know, in the off chance that they're ever in a... Vegetative state? Vegetative state? They were just supposed to bring me lemon squares. Okay. I know this is stressful, but it's what they want. <sighs> ah, I couldn't the Knicks get Shaq? What if they let me run that team for one year? Dad, if you ran the team, there'd be 87 players and a billion dollar payroll. <laughs> and a championship, son. <laughs> Look, we don't get to see you that much. I'm um, sorry it just turned into a whole thing. Yeah, not our, not our best visit. Well, we should have known you might feel that way. I remember how upset you were when you had to take your pet guinea pig to the vet and put him to sleep. Hey, Mork still had some good years left. He was blind, and his kidneys were shot. He had more time. <laughs> Look, we got to start boarding in, like, 20 minutes. I don't want to leave without getting this settled. All right. I'm gonna work with you here. What are you most uncomfortable with? I mean, we're not married to all of these. I don't know, how about, like, like this one here? If I have no reasonable hope for normal functioning, withhold life-sustaining treatment, including nutrition, and then hydration. X that one out. We can't lose that. We might as well throw out the whole thing. What else? All right, then fine. How about this one? Turning off the respirator. Nah, your mother's got a hot set on that one. You're not working with me here. Don't yell at me, Dougie. This wasn't my idea in the first place. What are you, what are you saying? I'm saying this is really your mother's baby. Do you even want to do this? I guess I could go either way. <laughs> but it'd be a whole big thing with your mother. So you'd rather die instead of having an awkward conversation with mom? I just don't want any trouble. I'm sorry we dragged you out to hear a heifer and fight. I'm sure you had much better things to do with your day. Oh no, it's 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 uh it's no. No, no, no. Ma, Dad has something to say to you. I do not. Tell her what you said back there. I tell him you're growing more beautiful with each passing year. No, no, he said he doesn't want a living will, he doesn't want to do this. You said that? I said nothing of the kind. I
0: very much want to die. So, one of the problems we have with asking questions is we don't do it because we don't really want to know the answer sometimes. Or maybe we don't want to get into an awkward conversation. Maybe we we don't want to uh, provide an opportunity for questions because they get us off track onto a subject we really don't want to be talking about because in our mind we have this presentation, we know what we want to say, we're confident about it, and we don't want to open up for anything else. And it is a problem because, as I said, Aristotle says that the mind does not think without a question. So we have these three problems and in this episode we're going to look at how we actually start really good discussions by asking great questions that lead to even better questions being asked of us. So before we get started, let me start with the first workshop. I'd like you to play the following game, get two people out and give the teacher one of the phrases below without showing it to anyone else. Get them to teach this principle to the students without using anything but questions. They win if they can get the student To say the phrase. If they say something that is not a question, then they are out and the next person jumps into their place. This next teacher is shown the phrase and tries to win the game. But note, you cannot mention the words in the phrase and you must not cheat by simply getting the person to guess the phrase. You want them to say the phrase by leading them to say the phrase purely through questions. Keep this going for about 10 minutes and see who wins. So I've uh, got some phrases on the worksheet as suggestions, but you can choose others. The aim here is to play a game for 10 minutes and just see how easy or difficult it is to get someone to come to a conclusion, to say what you want them to say, uh, purely by asking them questions. If you say something that's not a question, you're out. Okay, uh, have a good time, hope you find this enjoyable, I'm expecting it's quite difficult, but we'll see. So, how do we lead a discussion that provokes questions that leads us to pass on understanding? Well, the first thing I would say is this, that we need to um, make sure we have enough time in our presentation for questions. I'm not a big fan of doing a long presentation with a quick Q&A at the end, you want to make sure that the questions and the time of discussion happens several times throughout the presentation. And Let me give you a diagram to explain the benefit of this and how you should do this. As you look at this line as it appears on the screen, if A on the left is the start and C on the right is the end of your presentation, it is better to get to B, with a student's fully understanding, than C, where they only gain knowledge. In other words, rather than racing through a presentation thinking we've got to get to the end, we've got to make sure we tell them all the facts and figures, all the information, it's actually better sometimes to only get halfway, but for the young people to fully understand what you were trying to say. Um, it, it's much, much more powerful, I think if you're leaving them wanting more, Um, so hopefully when you do ministry in a school, it's not just a one-off thing that you do, it's something you can go back and you can finish, maybe you get invited back, maybe only getting halfway means that a, a school will actually invite you back to finish off the lesson, so don't race through it and therefore you need times throughout the lesson where you're provoking questions that lead you to understand how much of the subject they fully understood, so that's key. Okay, let me, uh, as we talk about how, let me just really explain what I call the knot to you. So in my mind, this works with a piece of rope. Uh, A is the question, C might be the answer, and many people want to get from A to C as fast as they possibly can. You, You may be like that as a Christian. Asking God things like, well where should I go, what should I do next? But sometimes in the questions that we ask, they show us actually there's a bigger principle, a bigger mystery that we don't understand yet. Sometimes when the disciples ask Jesus the question, it revealed to Jesus a bigger issue that they didn't understand yet, even more important than the answer. And so we can use questions, and we see Jesus using it a lot, using questions to unlock this bigger, wider mystery. Once that's understood, they can find the answers for themselves. So, sometimes we have to ask the question in our presentation, what is the B that they don't understand yet? Okay, so thinking about that, let's look at our next workshop. Please think through the case study, Burger for the Homeless. What is the B? In other words, what is the principle they do not understand that is more important than simply the answer? What is the principle that if they understand it, they will know the answer for themselves? What do they need to feel about the situation? One of the reasons Jesus told parables and asked questions was he wanted to put people in the place of God so they could feel what he felt about a situation. So I'm going to go through this uh, case scenario, and then you can uh, spend some time discussing uh, the questions that I put on the worksheet. So a while back when I was leading a discipleship retreat, I was asked this question. A young man said to me, I used to work in a fast food hamburger restaurant and we were always told that when a hamburger dropped on the floor we had to put it in the trash, we could never sell it to anyone. But then one day, a homeless person came in and I wasn't sure what to do. Should I follow Jesus' example of having compassion and giving one of the burgers that had fallen on the ground but I knew was very clean? Or should I follow the law of my employee and just throw the hamburger away? Should I show compassion or should I follow the law? That was a great question, and immediately I realized there was a B, a principle, a mystery he had not understood yet about compassion. What is that principle? Take time, remind yourself of the workshop, and I'll give you my answer afterwards. So hopefully you saw the bigger problem, Uh, he didn't really understand uh, true compassion, King David famously said, "I will not sacrifice anything to God that does not cost me anything." So true sacrifice cost us. The real answer, of course, if he'd understood that principle, was that he should have thrown the hamburger away, but bought with his own money a brand new hamburger and give that to the homeless man. And I led that young man to that conclusion purely through questions, and he realized once he realized, "Oh yeah, I." I A sacrifice isn't a sacrifice. Compassion is not compassion unless it costs me something. Then he said to me, oh I should have thrown that hamburger away and bought the guy a new one. But I did that purely through questions. Hopefully you saw the bigger mystery there. So now let's talk about what. What do we do in order to provoke great questions? So the best way to provoke questions that lead us to share our answers is by asking questions ourselves. So, let me go through a few steps that I would suggest. First, start with what is authoritative to them. If you remember, in the three A's of putting an outline together, we start with attention. and That's what we're trying to do, we're trying to get them to um, realize there's some kind of problem that we all agree needs solving, or some kind of experience that we all share together. You're trying to build something on, on a basis of joint truth. Uh, in a church, we don't need to do this because we have the Bible, we all agree that the Bible is the word of God, so I just have to show you that if the Bible says this, we should do that. That won't exist in most schools, we don't have that basis, so we have to find one, we have to build something that's that we all agree on. Even Jesus does this uh, in a different way, let me explain, let's look in our, our Bibles. We're going to read from Matthew chapter 22, starting at verse 23. That day, the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses told us that if a man dies without having children, his brother must marry the widow and raise up offspring for him. Now there were seven brothers among us. The first one married and died, and since he had no children, he left his wife to his brother. The same thing happened to the second and third brother, right on down to the seventh. Finally, the woman died. Now then. At the resurrection, whose wife will she be of the seven, since all of them were married to her?" The reason the Sadducees asked this question was not so much because they wanted an answer, but really because they wanted to prove that the idea of the resurrection of the dead was ridiculous, because the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. So listen to Jesus' answer. Jesus replied, "'You are in error because you do not know the scripture or the power of God.' At the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage, they will be like the angels in heaven. But about the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what God said to you? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. When the crowds heard this, they were astonished at his teaching." What's interesting about this is there are clearer Bible verses for Jesus to quote from Isaiah, and Job, and a couple of other places in the Bible. But Jesus realized that he had to quote from Exodus because the Sadducees only saw the first five books, the books of Moses, as being authoritative when it came to questions of law. So if Jesus just simply wanted to be right, he could have just quoted from Isaiah, and quoted from Daniel or Job, some of these other places. But what was more important to Jesus was that they understood rather than he just was right himself. And I think that's a key thing for us to remember. Number two, in advance have see the end in mind. So you want to start with what's authoritative to them, but you want to know where you're leading them to. Uh, It's a mistake to think that when Jesus was asking questions, he was just kind of winging it, he was just just go in ad lib. All rabbis knew where they were taking people, they were leading them to a conclusion. And here's the important thing, they weren't asking questions to lead a disciple to the disciple's conclusion, they were asking questions to lead the disciple to the rabbi's conclusion. Uh, we're not going to schools just to get them to find their own truth. Uh, We are, as Christians, believing in absolute truth, we believe the Bible is the word of God. So that's important, it's important to know where you're going, have the end in mind. Now because we have a lesson outline, we probably have that. So when I'm saying pause and have times where we're asking questions, you want to do that. Not necessarily to completely divert you into a completely different subject. You've got to make the preparation, know where you're going in your mind when you're asking and answering questions, and that's part of the skill that you're going to need to develop, and it really comes through time and experience. A third step is to ask the question of yourself, does this need a question or can I simply give an answer? Sometimes you don't need to uh, answer with the question. Um, I remember uh, me teaching on this one day and some guy coming to me and saying, Hey Paul, where did you get your shirt from? and I had a quite nice shirt on at the time, and I said, oh, I'll go from a shop called River Island in Manchester, and he went, oh, I got you, you didn't answer with a question. Well how annoying would that be if every time somebody asked you a question, you answered with a question. You know, if somebody said to me, excuse me, do you know where the restroom is? And I said, have you ever thought about why you really need to go? That would just be really annoying, wouldn't it? So while you're having this discussion sometimes quite often actually you just want to give a simple straightforward answer you want to ask questions when you realize there's a principle or something more important than the answer that they don't understand yet hopefully you understand that and that's that's a uh, principle you can adopt and you can think through again. These things happen and they'll come to you through time and experience. The more often you ask questions, the more often you have a discussion, the better you'll get at this particular skill. Number four, ask questions that focus on understanding the principle behind the answer. So, If you remember the, uh, the, the fast food burger case scenario, uh, I asked the gentleman, the young Um, some questions. One of the questions I asked him was about uh, Jesus when he talked to the disciples about the widow's might. If you remember that story, Jesus pointed to a rich man who put a lot of money into the offering and a poor woman who put two pennies in, but he pointed to the fact that she gave all that she had. And I asked the young man the question, uh, what's What's most valuable in the kingdom of heaven, the amount you give or what you or what it costs you. And uh, that was how I helped him come to the conclusion, helped him think through the answer to his case scenario. So focus your questions on the principle that they don't understand that's really important. Focus the questions on the B. A great skill to have is to ask questions that help them reveal their reasoning behind their answers. Um, this is important, particularly in discipleship, because sometimes people do the wrong thing because they misheard what you said. Asking them a question such as, why did you come to that conclusion? Or what was the process in your thinking of um, of that answer? Will help you figure out what's going wrong if the answer is not very good. Or, or help you figure out what's going right if they give a really good answer. You know, maybe they come up with a good answer, Uh, and you think, oh they've really understood a great principle, asking them a question, how did you come to that conclusion, can really help you, and then you can affirm or correct the process. also helps you realize if you're teaching them something and they're misunderstanding it. So asking the question, how did you come to that conclusion, is really helpful. Finally, ask a series of questions, not just one question, because a series of questions reveals a pattern. Remember, the Bible says that we are able to find God's will for our lives by the renewing of our mind. And the renewing of our mind happens uh, through a pattern, through constant repetition. So, asking them a series of questions will help them or help you figure out uh, the patterns in their mind. And That's where the principles come from that you can help them with, so uh, I find that really helpful. So how do you ask a series of questions? Well, let me, give you, um, let me give you a little list of how to ask a series of questions. Ask a question, but then always ask another. Never be satisfied with the first answer. Ask multiple, specific questions. I always find this is really key, Um, great teachers ask great questions, great leaders ask great questions, great disciples ask great questions. What makes a question great is how specific it is. If it's too general, then you're not going to get a good answer. So be very specific, ask ask for facts and details, Uh, ask for... um, small details sometimes that will help you. For instance, if I want to find out if a team leader really is being faithful and um, taking our Pays apprentices through the flow um, method of discipleship, I won't ask a question like, hey are you doing mentoring with them or are you doing flow discipleship with them? That's a bad question. A good question would be, what will the last three flow discipleship mentoring sessions you did with your team member. The first one they can, they can give me just some general answer to and I won't know the truth. The second question is more specific and they have to give me more specific answer. So, learn to ask specific questions. Then ask questions and use silence. People will often feel the need to fill in the gap when there's a silence and they tend to share things that are more from the heart or from the mind uh, and less able to um, think through what you want to hear. So, asking a question, leaving silence, they may answer the question, just look at them, leave a little bit more silence and see if anything else comes out is helpful. And then the final thought on asking a series of questions is this. Ask an impertinent question to get a pertinent answer. Sometimes asking strange questions that are kind of like uh, from left field, as they say in America, a question you're thinking, what's the purpose of that, sometimes can, can reveal something that people weren't expecting to be asked. So if you ask them a question they're not expecting again, you can sometimes get an answer that actually surprises them. Uh, maybe it's something in their heart or mind that they weren't thinking themselves. So I remember asking a family member of mine uh, who was adamant that they didn't believe in God, but they have a couple of children they very much love. So I just asked this impersonate question, and I said, if your daughter was dying, would you pray? And they went, well, yeah, I suppose I would. And I think actually their answer surprised them, because it revealed that deep down somewhere they did believe that God is real, or at least believed in the possibility. So, they're my um, tips for asking questions. I've got many more, I'm going to leave you wanting more. Um, the final workshop is essentially the first workshop. I'd like you to revisit the game you did at the beginning of this live wire and again see if you can improve how you lead someone to a conclusion through asking questions. So. Spend maybe 5 minutes looking through the notes of this live wire and then replay the game and just see if there are any uh, benefits, uh, any new skills that you've learnt and if you get better at the skill. Again, one of the best things to learn is practice. The more you can practice, the better you will become at getting uh, questions, provoking questions and answering questions with a question to pass on understanding. Hopefully this has been helpful, again just just want to underwrite this, don't rush through a presentation, make sure you've got plenty of time, not at the end, but throughout the presentation, times where you can stop and figure out if they're still with you, if they're following you on the journey uh, that you're taking them on. Thanks for listening, hopefully this series has been helpful, uh, feel free to contact anybody from Pays if you're involved in Schools Work but you're not on Pays. we would love to help you. God bless you. Bye.